You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome into the final. Crossover Game Day Preview edition of the 2022 season. Uh, it's a Blue Wire crossover. Uh, Brad Ward, myself of All Eyes on Cleveland. Of course, the great Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown. We've done it every week of the season. You should be used to it by now. And uh, it's the final one. Is a, a tear gently uh, rolls down my cheek. Uh, is it a happy tear, Brad, or a, a you know exhausted tear? That's the question. It's a uh, it's a sad tear, but you know, to see the season go uh, feels like kind of a uh, well. I won't dive down that hole right now. But uh, how are you doing, Jake? I'm okay, man. I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to put a bow down the season. Like you said, it is. It always sucks to see football go because you know then you get uh. two thirds of the year without football. That part sucks, but. I think we can all agree this has been an absolutely exhausting football season for those of you who are a fan of the Browns, those of us who are trying to cover them. It's been, I think, even worse. So uh, I won't be sad to see this season go, put it that way, and uh, get my Sundays back uh, to a little bit of normalcy. But I will be very much ready for the draft and all the things before that, and then I'm sure we'll be chomping at the bit to get back to the regular season next year. But I think this season has gone so weirdly that I think most of us, especially the way this week has gone, um, ready to, uh, these guys need to get away from each other for a little while and yeah. uh, re- decompress. Yeah. So it's a happy tear for you, for sure. Happy tear. Happy yeah. and sad, but mostly, mostly happy. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. All right. Let's talk about this one. Uh, you know, the Browns have a chance here, Jake, to, you know, despite the disappointing season, to do some things they haven't done in a while, including sweep the Steelers for the first time since 1988, I want to say. Um, and uh, end with a 4-2 and two, uh, record in the AFC North, as well as a uh, winning five of their last seven to end the season. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. A lot of those winning metrics, let's uh, see them in Mike Tomlin's streak of no, uh, yeah. since he's been the coach of Pittsburgh, he's not had yeah. a losing record. So yeah, there's, there's a lot on the line, and obviously it would be nice to give Pittsburgh fans, um, you know, something to be sad about. Uh, knocking yeah. them out of the playoffs above all else. But yeah, a lot on the line here. It would be real it would be a great way. All kidding aside, tears into season stuff, like this would be a fantastic way for them to end this season. They they could really use going out on a high note here. And I've said it kind of all week, Brad. I know I said it on last Sunday's show or the post game, mm-hmm. but this is gonna be a large portion of their roster next year and and launching into the offseason five and two and carrying over some positive vibes and confidence from getting Deshaun back and sort of where they sit with all of this would be really good for them. So, um, you know, it's not the end of the world if they lose this game. They don't lose anything themselves. But I I do think it'd be really big confidence boost to beat Pittsburgh twice in a season. To your point, they haven't done it in forever. They're trying to find a way to conquer the beasts of this division still. 
Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh, and now Cincinnati has rose up. But I feel like they're, to your point earlier in the year, Brad, they, they've got some confidence in Cincinnati. They don't have any fear, but it's it's these long-standing division tiers, uh, you know, powers that I think they got to get over and past. And and winning four and two in the division and beating Pittsburgh twice would be a good step in that direction, man. Yeah, so along those same lines, Jake, uh, the all-time record between these two teams um, is 77-66-1 in favor of the Steelers, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, now the Browns uh, obviously won earlier this year, but the last time they won a regular season game in Pittsburgh, Jake, was 2003. So they did win the playoff game, uh, yes. pandemic year in Pittsburgh, no crowd. But uh, besides no that, crowd, right? yeah, besides that, it's been since 2003. It's been a long time. I think that was a Monday night or Sunday night football game uh, way back when. Um, they're due. They, they need to win in Pittsburgh uh, mm. badly. They've got to get past this in the regular season. I, I don't think that pandemic stuff, uh, in my opinion, yeah. wasn't. Uh, I mean, it counts. It's a playoff game. It's awesome, but it was different, right? The the full packed house, renegade, Steelers, terrible towel stuff. That's a tough place to win, and yes. um, that would be it. Would be it would be big for them to get a win there. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much on uh, the side that you are there in terms of they could they could really use this one, and it would be meaningful to win in Pittsburgh. It's been 20 years uh, the regular season. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. Uh, so Acrisure. Stadium now? Uh, is that how mm-hmm. long has it been Acrisure, Jake? This, you know? this year, I'm pretty sure. They had a whole yeah. thing about the Heinz ketchup bottle coming down because they had changed the name, but I think they kept the ketchup bottle up, but they did rename the stadium. I don't know. I don't follow Pittsburgh that closely, but uh, yeah. I, I think I recall something along those lines uh, step, stepping in there. But yeah, it is. I think this is the first year of Acrisure. I could be wrong. No, I, I, think I think it is. I know I know since he changed theirs to what is it, Paycor Stadium, Paycor. but I, I think this is the first year of Acrisure too. Bunch of sellouts. Bunch of sellouts. Um, yeah. So uh the weather in Acrisure Stadium, according to AccuWeather, uh at one PM on Sunday. Uh it's gonna be a high of forty degrees. Precipitation will be at like twelve percent chance, wind gusts up to twelve miles per hour, which is huh. Nothing compared to what the Browns have seen recently. So, uh, yeah, so there it is. You know, not much. Very good weather for this time of year. Very good weather. And uh, like like we've said, not the norm there, but it feels like the Browns haven't played a gnarly weather game in Pittsburgh in a while. Most of them have been, even when they're cold, relatively tame. But this will benefit Cleveland, I think, more than Mm -hmm. uh, Pittsburgh because, you know, Deshaun feeling comfortable is obviously – an infinitely more talented quarterback than Kenny Pickett, but we'll we'll see what comes of that because Pittsburgh people are very confident in a quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who's thrown six touchdowns and nine interceptions this year. It's the most amazing amount of confidence for a terrible stat line I've ever seen, Brad, to be completely honest. It's nuts. Yeah, they are very confident in uh, Kenny. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things play out with uh, Mr. Pickett here over the next year or two. So... Uh, at least, uh, so, but he's riding a high right now. So, you know, a couple, uh, wins here late and they're, you know, in a position that nobody really thought they'd be in. So interesting. Me and, um, John Colosimo have talked about this a little, a little bit this is kind of working out exactly how he hoped where, 
Pittsburgh people were a little bit confident, a little bit believing in what Pickett can be and would be, and they they we need them to just waste two or three years on figuring out what Pickett is. And this yeah. is a really good step in that direction, put it that yeah. way. Because I have no fear of Kenny Pickett. None. Yeah. So um I hope I hope they continue to entertain the thought. Yeah, buy you know, you want them to buy in and then wonder and then oh yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, right. Kind of like what mm-hmm. we did with Baker. So um yep. All right. 1 p.m. Eastern is the kickoff. It's on CBS. Uh, Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta, Jake, on the call here. Uh, they've any anything's better than last week. So, yeah, they've been hovering around all season for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like this is the crew they normally get stuck with, and they're they're fine. Last week was so bad that I think any of us would take anything at this point other than what we had to hear. It felt like those two were dropped into the NFL season out of nowhere and had no clue about anything Cleveland does. So really, really embarrassing uh, broadcast group last week to your your point. So for sure. 100%. Uh, Jersey combination, they will be wearing the white top with the orange pants. Uh, They're ending the season with the orange pants, Jake. So Yeah, it feels like most of these – games on the road in the north they're going to do the orange pants which i like that i think it's a sharp look and um uh, you know i have no problem with it at all yeah you have uh, figured out their uh their plan haven't you their, we we have uh jersey we we've max we've maximized this this in, on these these preview shows we have an idea of what they're going to do i was a little surprised that they wore the white pants against the commanders but i think it's a rule now that uh, crossing over or going like far out of your division uh, or your mm-hmm. conference garners white pants more often. I, I hate the brown pants, so I hope they do that more often. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last thing on jerseys, because, you know, it's jerseys, but uh, do you think they'll go? Did you like the white face masks and would you like them to make that permanent? One million percent. It is yeah. the best look that they have. Uh, without a doubt, I wish they could toggle between gray and white. I liked gray. I mean, I, I put it this way: I wish they could toggle between all three face masks. I think that like the white face mask wouldn't look great on the all brown color rush. I think the brown face mask Correct. looks really good on the color rush. Uh, but every other uniform, I like white. But I also don't mind sprinkling in some gray face mask every now and again. I don't think the Browns are going to ever really have a true alternate helmet the way a lot of teams do. But they should be able to alternate face mask colors whenever they want because that's a that's a good thing that they should be able to do in my opinion. So I'm not sure what the league rule would be on that. I know you can have one alternate helmet. Does that mean you can only have one alternate face mask color? I'm not sure on that, but I I am interested in what they would do with that because I think the, all three of those face mask colors are cool. But I would prefer the white face mask on almost every combo outside of the color rush personally. Yeah, I agree. I thought it looked really sharp. So. Uh, we'll see where that that goes. As I'm sure they're kicking that around. I think they liked it as well, or, or their response was very good from Browns fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quickly, injury stuff. You know, Denzel Ward questionable, Conklin out, Isaiah Thomas out, Minka questionable, Miles Jack questionable, Trey Norwood out uh, for the Steelers. Do you think Denzel plays? I I hope. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I haven't gotten a vibe for how healthy he really is. So I hope he does, but um, truly feels like a coin flip. He left the game last week. So um, for portions of it. So 
uh, feels like a coin flip. I don't think it will be the end of a win-loss decision there at that moment, but uh, I would love to see him play uh, to close out the year strong. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, turn our uh, focus to the betting lines, which is now legal in the state of Ohio. Uh, what do you got for us, Jake? Yeah, so obviously if you're looking at the, the lines in general, it is uh, an interesting game for the Browns. You know, you can tease this line. You can move it around. Most places are giving it to you at two and a half right now. Um, you can you can move it around. You, I've gotten it all the way down to giving the Browns 10, uh, 10, nine and a half points. So you could get them, sorry, 10 and a half. So you could get them with a 10 point win. Sorry, apologies. A 10 point loss, still win. And they only give up 390. So you're only minus 390 on that. So that one's interesting. Uh, to me, at least you can have the over unders at 40 and a half. So they're predicting something like a 21, 20 game, you know, to get that over. That would have to be your number. But that's right around what you would expect. Uh, you can get the Browns money line for plus 120 Steelers money line for minus 141. Anytime touchdown scores. I, I really like these because it's a chance to think that guy could get in the end zone at any moment. It doesn't have to be that first touchdown score. I like Deshaun Watson at plus 440. If you're trying to really throw a dart. I think Harrison Bryant on a goal line, maybe a play action concept, could get you a plus one thousand. So if you wanted to put ten bucks on that, you could you could make some good money on that one. Um, you know, looking at passing yards in the game, I think is always interesting, especially with Deshaun um, and Pickett. Pickett has not really uh, consistently been over one hundred and ninety yards. He's at one hundred ninety and a half. The Browns have been playing much better pass defense of late. I think it's an interesting line. Pickett has been at one fifty one, one ninety seven. He did have two games against the Ravens and Raiders, but both of those are really bad pass defenses. Um, otherwise, the Panthers held him to 169 and the Ravens held him to 153 the second time they got together just last week. So that's an interesting under that I'm interested in. Uh, I'm probably not going to mess with Watson because I don't have a great feel for it, but the picket under feels right to me. Uh, as far as rushing yards go, you can get Watson at 18 and a half at minus 114. That's, that's an interesting number to me. Uh, as far as uh, other, you talked about Jalen Warren getting more attempts. We all know mm -hmm. the Browns' run defense still not very good overall. You can get Najee Harris at sixty nine and a half, or you can get Jalen Warren at twenty eight and a half. I probably would feel a little better about Jalen Warren on that one. And then the receiving receptions was another spot that you and I found some interesting numbers uh, for this one, uh, partly because you could get um, you know the the receiving number for a couple key players for the Steelers. You could get Fryermuth at three and a half receptions, uh, which is a good number. He's usually hovering around four or five. He's a more uh, a bigger uh, target for Kenny Pickett than um, he was Mitch Trubisky. So that one's an interesting one. And then as far as uh, receiving yards go for um, you know this game, forty nine and a half is what they have for George Pickens. You can get that number. Um, you can also get a bunch of interesting ones. You can get plus one ten odds on just forty yards from George Pickens as he had, uh, I think he had 70 yards when the Browns first got together with these guys. You can get all the way up to just 60 yards plus 300. And on Fandle, you can get him for two and a half catches as the over underline. So a lot of really good stuff there uh, to take advantage of. And I think you can get Njoku at three and a half receptions too, which is another good number. He had a nice game the last time these two got together taking advantage of uh, the, the, the Steelers linebacker. So uh, listen, man, I think there's a lot of good betting opportunities in this game. Yeah. Not that Brad and I are, you know, experts in gambling or anything <laughs> as we were yucking it up trying to find our own stuff off air. But but I, yeah. I certainly think there's some nice opportunities in this game to to take advantage of some low numbers there. So 
uh, make some money. Go out and uh, use those Ohio uh, advantages. I know FanDuel's doing a points boost for Ravens. Uh, Bengals, you can put up to a maximum of $50. All that uh, has to be just one point scored in the entire game, and you can double your money. So take advantage of that. Boom. That is uh, an excellent betting preview uh, from the great Jake Burns, host of the OBR film Breakdown, Nine Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland. This is our Blue Wire crossover game day preview, week 18, Browns at Steelers. We will be right back after this short break. Uh, to talk three keys to victory. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Jake, we are back, and uh, it's three keys to a Browns win time here. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this off. Yeah, man, it's weird. I mean, like, these these... These end of the season AFC North games for the three teams, not the Bengals, who have the the, the division's the most explosive offense right now, are pretty ugly. So you're looking at very granular stuff that sways games. You made a great point when we were talking about prepping these out. TJ Watt is my first one. You know, James Hudson gave up four sacks last year. They they helped him a little. Baker Mayfield hurt himself more than anything else holding on to the football. It was a well documented offseason topic because that was the last game Mayfield started. It was ugly. I think that there's a, a level of revenge that Hudson would like to get to be more respectable against Watt, but there's no doubt that TJ Watt changes the scope, the entire scope of the Pittsburgh defense, and they have to find a way, uh, whether that's Deshaun taking care of it, getting rid of it, throwing in rhythm, or giving extra tight end chip help, running back help in the backfield, whatever you have to do to get a body on him to give your quarterback an extra second, second and a half. So taking care of TJ Watt is, is um, it's huge. And, and talk about his impact, Brad, that you heard this week too. Yeah. I, I mean, I just heard some figures that were staggering. I mean, I think he has, when he has played, I think it's a difference of like close to 10 points a game. Jake, uh, mm-hmm. they averaged like four or five more sacks a game. I mean, he, he literally, the impact that he has is equivalent to basically like a starting level, a high starting level quarterback going to their backup and, and maybe even more so. Uh, so they are a completely different team when Watt is on the field. Certainly. Uh, they have to find a way to, to handle him some way, shape or form. So we will keep our eye on that. What's your first one, Brad? All right, my first key is uh, Najee Harris, who has been heating up recently. Uh, I think he's playing in a little bit different gear, kind of figuring things out, and they were using him in the past in the run game. So uh, I think that, obviously, the Browns have had their uh, well-documented troubles uh, stopping the run. But, you know, this is about the linebackers, I think, a little bit more for me because you do have to stop him in the pass game as well. Uh, wrap him up, he'll run through, break, th- break a lot of tackles. He's a fierce, strong runner uh and so i think that uh slowing him is an absolute must well pittsburgh's been running it well i think that is um that is that is abundantly obvious they have figured it out since the bye week and honestly a little bit before the bye week too they have not been uh let me put it this way 
They in week seven had 95 rushing yards. Then in week eight, they had 144. Since week eight, they have not been under 100 rushing yards outside of the Baltimore Ravens game in week 14, where they had 65. Um, but uh, they they got to Baltimore again last week and put 198 on Baltimore. So, needless to say, this feels like a game where Pittsburgh will do what we have talked about. A lot of other offensive coordinators have failed to do, Brad, which is just run it into submission. Like there's yeah. no reason to force throwing it like crazy, um, which does affect some of the props we just put out there a little bit ago. But we would imagine that Pittsburgh would be smart about trying to run it as often as they could, considering a the Browns' run defense and the improved nature of their pass defense, and um, you know what what certainly Pittsburgh has been doing well. So there is no doubt Pittsburgh should be running it. They've been running it better. Uh, who wins that battle? Will be a key to the outcome of this game. My second one is taking care of the ball. Uh, and, and again, I say that because these are really close, tight games. Since the bye week, that is week nine on, Pittsburgh has lost the turnover battle just one time, and that's one of their two losses where they lost that week 14 game to the Ravens. They turned it over three times in that one, but they've only had four turnovers since week nine. They have uh, turned the opponent over 11 times. So you can tell the way they're winning these games and the reason that they're 6-2 and two since the bye week is taking advantage of turning teams over. They have not always dominated the pat, the yardage totals and especially have been helped by playing the Colts and Falcons and some of these Panthers and Raiders who have had struggling quarterback play and even the Ravens twice. I think they got the Ravens both times with Tyler Huntley. I could be right on that, I think. Maybe he got – I think he was. It was the, the first game Huntley started was uh, the first time these two teams got together. But nonetheless – they have been playing really good defense. They're confident over there. They've only given up uh, over 300 yards two times, 306 and 309 since week 12. But the large part of the story here is taking care of the football because that's how these games are won. These tight, you know, field goal-like games in the AFC North where, where the offenses aren't excellent. It's a turnover sort of thing. Yeah, it is, and it's critical. I mean, if the Browns turn over the ball a couple times in this game, they're in deep trouble. So they really have to take care of it, to your point. Uh, my second key in this one, Jake, is going to be, um, you know how much I love talking about kickers. So, of course, I had to bring it up here. Uh, but uh, Cade York, Boswell, uh, Boswell having a poor year after a, a great rookie season. Uh, Cade York, we've well documented his year, but... In these types of games where you got a spread of about 40, uh, a field goal may make the difference in this one. So um, I think that the kicking game will loom large in this one, Jake. Kicking game for sure, which, uh, you know, has not been all too consistent for Cade outdoors, as I think we all know at this point. So, um, you know, going to be going to be paying attention to that one as closely as we can. I think that's always a fair one. Uh, especially for two offenses, the Browns don't get into the end zone enough in the red zone, and I know Pittsburgh has struggled in the same uh, the same market there. So that's a good call. The last one for me is winning the fourth quarter. Uh, it's and I say it pretty simply because the Raiders and the Ravens um, have held Pittsburgh to minimal offensive outputs in terms of points, but they gave up late fourth quarter drives to lose those games. So you cannot allow yourself to be in a late close game and allow Kenny Pickett to drive his team down the field for a late touchdown to win the game. Like that's, it seems to be that's his calling card right now. It's why a lot of people, Brad, are overvaluing his overall performance because he's had these late drives 
that he has put something together to save otherwise pedestrian or below even pedestrian days out there. So uh, I would like the Browns to to try to make it um, tough on him to come back in a late game scenario in terms of a one score game. But yeah, that that is going to be a key. Can you keep Pittsburgh out of the end zone late? Because that's how they found two straight late season wins to put them in a spot to even have a chance to make the playoffs. And a reminder, the Dolphins and Jets both have to lose um, uh, to get in. No, not the Jets, the Dolphins. And who do the Jets play? Patriots. Dolphins Those and both, the Patriots. Uh, Patriots play the Bills and Dolphins play the Jets. So they need the Jets to win and the Bills to win to get in. Um, and I think... Uh, they obviously have to beat Cleveland too. So just a reminder on what Pittsburgh needs there, but the Browns need to find, and especially those two games could be blowouts early. I mean, the the, the Dolphins are sitting here starting, not that not that they're the Jets are starting Joe yeah. Flacco. We get that, but like yeah. Dolphins are starting Skylar Thompson. There's a chance those games have kind of formulated what the end result's going to be early, and the, uh, the 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 win loss is all that rides on it for Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. So hopefully the Browns uh, are out in front of this thing a little bit here. Yes, uh, pick it, you know, with some late magic, of course, late the last few weeks here to keep things alive and uh, uh, interesting, as you as you commented on. So absolutely winning the fourth quarter is always huge, but even more so with his late game heroics of late. My final key here is going to be uh, one that I wrote about this week, and it's more of a big picture thing here, Jake, is that, you know, David Njoku's first game with Deshaun Watson, he caught seven balls for 50-some yards and a touchdown. Uh, Watson's first touchdown was against the Bengals because he didn't play in the Texans game. Uh, Njoku did not. So this is their fourth game together. Since then, I think he only has like five catches on like 12 or 13 targets from Watson. So you really want to see those two connect because I think there's a lot of promise there. Um, and uh, so I think them getting back on track and Njoku, uh, you know, has had a couple drops the last two weeks. Uh, but them getting connection going, uh, their chemistry back into what we saw the first time they hooked up, uh, and back more into that rhythm. So where he gets like, you know, five or more catches and makes a, a big impact in this game, I think would be huge. So, uh, I want to get Njoku involved in this offense and, and, and leave the season feeling good about that connection. Yeah, they need it. They need to find ways to create points in this one as running, I think will be a challenging thing to do. So, uh, you know, and Joku having a nice day as he had a relatively nice day the last time uh, would be, yeah, to your point, Brad, very beneficial for sure. So uh, this is our final uh, game day crossover game day preview from uh, Blue Wire Podcast. Uh, any parting words, Jake? No, I, I don't have any. I, I think the I'm just paying attention. I don't really know how this is going to go. I don't have a prediction feel. I don't feel great about it, but what I would say is how they respond to this week's controversy, how hard they play, and uh, all of that that surrounds uh, their their look on the field, I think, is going to be really interesting given all the stuff that came out this week. So uh, that's what I'll be paying attention to, man. Yeah, it all matters, right? So uh, well said. Uh, good year doing the show. Love doing it. Of course, we'll be hooking up over the offseason so, uh, to talk about a number of issues. Uh, hopefully more football than last offseason. But, uh, yeah, so uh, another great year, though, two years straight of doing this show. It's been a pleasure, Jake. Appreciate you very much for 
the OBR Film Breakdown, and Jake Burns. I am Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland. Go Browns. Go Browns.